All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to an episode of Reperception Podcast. I'm just going to live stream uh, a show I'm fan uh, a fan of, Secret of Secrets of Saturn. What is it? Yeah, Secrets of Saturn with Jason Lingram and Wayne McCroy, uh, two guys who I feel like I'm friends with them. Uh, we've talked, uh, or I've listened to them talk uh, so many times, and uh, I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear what they're saying, but I also want you uh, to witness for yourselves a little bit about what they're saying and know that you can tune in to their live stream every Wednesday. Um, I know it starts at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, so uh, it's a two-hour podcast, and they're doing it live now, so I'm just going to flip it on, and uh, hopefully, uh, if you stop by, uh, check them out. Have a listen now, or uh, check them out in, in, uh, on your leisure time, and uh, you're definitely going to um, hear some things you may not have heard before, um, I do believe. So, uh, here we go. Secrets of Saturn live stream. Or capabilities. Well, they've advanced uh, these quantum states in the quantum computers. Not only can they do the standard qubit, but uh, they can also do... Uh, I, f- I forget what the exact term is for it, but they could actually have something that has three separate states. They could be all three states at one, at once now, two. So it could be a zero, one, or a two. And I actually, I think I just read recently, they've been able to actually achieve a fourth state with it now too. Whoa. So they have all of these these uh, quantum bits. I forget the name of it. It's a Qtrit, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that sounds right, Qtrit. Look up the term Qtrit. So this could represent as a zero, a one, or a two, or even a three, or all four, any combination of the four of them. So this uh, really escalates the computational power of these devices into astronomical realms uh, when you look at it that way. So as a computational tool, uh, quantum computers in the very near future are going to be unparalleled for a lot of different tasks. Uh, they could achieve things that uh, even your your standard, what they call supercomputers, aren't able to achieve. They could do run calculations and stuff that they can't. And they use very specific algorithms to do this. Uh, one in particular is uh, they, they use something called uh, Monte Carlo uh, algorithm uh, to actually uh, do some calculations and figure things out. Now, a quantum computer works. It's, it'll determine uh, what would be their the best outcome based upon large data sets. So uh, when they use these algorithms, they're able to arrive at the best answer uh, out of lots of different plausible answers, whereas your standard computer would just try to calculate it out. But this, it, it basically gives like a really, really good guesstimate of, uh, of what would be the best answer to the problem that it's given. And this is basically how it works. It's, it's, an algorithm machine, pretty much. It could run complicated algorithms that a standard computer can't. So uh, that's what they use. It's a, a method called combinatorial optimization. That's that's what these quantum computers do uh, to uh, achieve the answers that they're looking for with them. So they have different capabilities from a standard computer or even a standard supercomputer. So uh, when you look at it that way, if you could tie, say, a standard supercomputer to a quantum computer, uh, 
the computing power would be just unbelievable. And that's that's how they could arrive at uh, 99% accuracy in future predictions and things like that. It's all a numbers game, and it has to do with game theory. And uh, a lot of these algorithms utilize game theory and come directly from game theory. That's what they use to achieve these results with these things. So that is an advancement that has taken place within the quantum computing field since I've written this book. And uh, it's really not that old of a book. I, I put it out late 2017 is when it came out. So, uh, you know, in that time, we've advanced quite far with a lot of these different devices and, and different technologies. And that's a perfect example. It's not just a qubit anymore. Now they have Qtrits to work with with these quantum computers. So, uh, you know, that's that's going to be interesting to see what kinds of things that they, they can do with it now. <clears throat> well, the quantum computing thing, I know a lot of people like to doubt that these actually exist and things like that. Do we have any uh, reasonable proof that quantum computers exist, they work as, or at least somewhat, like they are said to, Things like that. Where is your research taking you with quantum computers? Because I think that's a really important topic. I also think it's a bit of a scary topic because quantum computers can do crap that, even though I've got a $5,000 iMac Pro sitting in front of me, it makes it look like it's an abacus. Right. Well, they're definitely a device that does exist. They do exist. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, they're extremely expensive, so your standard person doesn't have access to them. Uh, I think the D-Wave runs about 10 to $20 million. Is that all? For, yeah, that's all, just for one of, <laughs> one of their D-Wave computers. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> not something your average run-of-the-mill computer geek is going to have sitting around the house, because where would you put Man, this Man, you should see my video platform? card. Yeah. I mean, if you got the space to put this giant 10-foot black cube that looks like the altar to an alien god, then by all means, go ahead and buy that thing for you. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things. But uh, it's not something that everybody has access to. So, uh, because they're they're really expensive, uh, their performance capabilities uh, are very limited with uh, the different requirements that they have to them. Like they they have a, they have to have a, a cooling mechanism in them that's called a uh, pulse tube dilution refrigerator if i'm not mistaken if it's called this keeps the uh, ambient temperature around the, uh, the processor uh, around what they call uh, absolute zero so uh this is very extremely cold you have to have this in order for quantum states to take place so uh as far as it being an actual thing yeah it's an actual thing does it operate how they say I don't think it does because they don't. They're not really sure how it operates. To be <laughs> honest, that's and they, they even tell you that they're not sure exactly how it works. But they do describe uh, some different system states in certain ways. Now, is this an actual, like, real good description of what's going on? I don't think so. Once, once again, I think it's one of those things that's totally misdescribed to us. Uh, once again, this ties back to the whole philosophy of atomism. So uh, they're trying to equate different properties of these technologies back to the whole atomistic viewpoint, whereas they, they try to relate everything back to a particle, whereas there might not necessarily be evidence that there's some type of a particle that exists. In fact, uh, they, they do that a lot with quantum physics is they'll they'll make a prediction that uh, 
there should be this type of particle. And then lo and behold, a couple of years later, they claim they found this particle. And the perfect example <laughs> of that is that, uh, what, what do they call that? The God particle. You remember that whole thing with that? They claim oh, they yeah. found that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's, guess what? That's not the smallest particle now. Now they found other things that go along with it. So, uh, what was that one called? I can't, the name's escaping me for the moment. What was the official name for it? But it was called mm. the, uh, the God particle. Yeah. What was that called? It was something <laughs> on, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's always something, uh, something on of some sort. <laughs> so, but, uh, that's yeah, an easy way it's... to find that out. Cause we like to be informed of here. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, but uh, it, it's it's beside the point. But uh, I think quantum physics is misdescribed, and there's there's different things that that happen in physics. Higgs boson. That's what it is. The Higgs boson. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head for some reason. Too much information sometimes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point because even the things they describe they break down to some degree or another in different things they describe like a perfect example of that is uh, the whole idea of this whole atomism thing where everything's a particle breaks down in something called an uh, Bose-Einstein condensate whereas uh, these things become both particles and wave functions at the same time in this thing and it's 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 one of those things where the, even the concept that they give you, the description they give you, breaks down in their own terms that they use. So they have to come up with new new concepts and terms for this to describe what exactly is happening. And you see this all the time. It's the same thing with the whole dark matter dilemma. <laughs> so That made-up variable because they put a name exists. to? Yeah, we, we, we gave it a new name. But yeah, Einstein called that uh, the, the cosmological constant. Yep. Now they call it dark matter because... The, it doesn't work. Hang on, wait. Let's let's in there rather Let's talk about what that is. All that is is a variable that they can't make work in their equations the way they want it to. So they give it a name. They just make something up and say, "Well, this is the cosmological constant. This is a constant in the universe that affects things in this way, so that my theory will work mathematically." Well, they don't like Pretty that much, one anymore. Yeah. That one's out of favor. Let's come up with a new one. Now it's dark matter. It's these we'll things it aren't real. Matter. These things aren't real. <laughs> It's even like, I'm sorry, you can't prove to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that even a black hole exists. Like, it's it's one of those things where... I saw the picture, you know, the, it's the real. Math, yeah, the math doesn't... You saw the picture, that composite, <laughs> that, that artist rendition, that artist interpretation of, of, what was it, like six terabytes of data or something ridiculous like that? From all over like, the world. come on. From all over the world, mm-hmm. yeah. And it looks like a cat's eye. Uh, okay. <laughs> Where do you go from there with that? I mean, yeah, it it's artistic interpretation on all of that stuff. So uh, it it just boggles the mind. You, you can't mathematically prove it. So you come up with a variable to put in there so that the math works with the theory that you're putting out. And that's what that is. That's, that's what dark matter is. It's just the new cosmological constant so that they can just keep their model that they have now that doesn't work. So... <laughs> And they like these models that don't work for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, right. It doesn't work in, in reality, but let's, let's come up with some creative math and do some mental gymnastics to make it work. And that's just it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. And they make stuff so that the common person can't understand it, that you got to have six blackboards full of numbers. And 
sometimes I think that the universe probably works a lot simpler than that. And I, right. I will tell you what I think it is. I think it's all frequency yeah. and different states thereof from the lowest state, which would be physical matter up into the highest state, which would be whatever God truly is. I think it's all frequency and how much the waveforms are up, down, up, down your peaks and troughs. The higher you go up, I think the higher state you become and light or somewhere thereabouts that frequency is the limits of the physical universe and once you get beyond that you start transcending into whatever is beyond which is why people say things like spiritual entities seem to be outside of time and things like that and well that's why because they're on a higher state they can dip down to us but we can't get ours high enough to reach them that's my theory and i think it's a pretty damned good one what do you think wayne I think it's a good theory, too. Now, all we need is six black chalkboards <laughs> so that we could write a whole bunch of math up there, and then we could call it science. Science. <laughs> all right. I can't believe uh, we've only got 40 minutes left here. So particle accelerators is the next one. Let's talk about those because I'm sure things have changed in the past several years with those as well. Yeah, uh, particle accelerators. Now they're saying they could build really, really small ones if they want to. Uh, that's that's something I just saw. Yeah, I got one in my bathroom. I see it. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, they they have uh, this uh, large hadron collider at CERN, and uh, I guess the Chinese are building a bigger one than that, and they're supposed to be building one somewhere here in the United States that's even bigger yet at some point in the near future. Even though they say they could build them on a smaller scale and still, you know, get results from them. Uh, one of the big news stories lately that came out with these is they said they, they broke the speed of light in the Large Hadron Collider now. Gee, what a shocker, huh? It's, you know. <laughs> How do you do that? The speed of light. Very carefully. Very carefully. Very carefully. But, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's anyway, my answer. <laughs> yeah, very carefully. But, uh, yeah, they, they claim they broke the speed of light now in the particle accelerator. And a lot of the uh, the physicists have you know, use this whole speed of light idea as the absolute constant or barrier uh, for the speed of things. But uh, now they've proven you can go faster than light, uh, supposedly. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if the speed of light, the way it's described to us, is an actual thing or not. Um, it, it's one of those uh, things where it's not really a constant when you look at it. Uh, and that's the thing. They describe the speed of light as being a constant, but it has been shown to be changed. And uh, all you have to do in order to, to see the speed of light change is send it through a, a jar full of water and, and watch the, how the speed changes right. with it. And that'll change the speed of it. So it's not really something that's a constant. Uh, there's experiments and stuff you could do, like just like that one, that will show that it's not a constant. So, uh, you know, when you look at it that way, it's something that's mutable, okay? It's not this immutable, absolute uh, barrier to speed that there is, like the way they described it. And now they've proven that in their, you know, big 17-mile-around uh, particle accelerator that they have to do science in in order to just justify their existence. So uh, we'll count some particles and we'll we'll come up with new names for it in our particle zoo and no word of lie, that's what they call it. Yep. The particle zoo, because yep, there's always some kind of a new on to add on there. And that's that's an interesting name that they give it. They put on on the end of it. Is there anything esoteric about the, the word on, Jason? On. The, the city yes. of on. 
in ancient uh, Sumeria, if I remember correctly? <clears throat> well, on that's also another name for Ra. So, uh, you know. Oh, but it was Ray. a city. It was the city of light. Yeah, well, there you go. Ray, Ra, right. on uh, Jabal. Ray, on. where have we heard that uh, recently? Ray, you know, that's, Ray. By the way, that's that's a secret code word in masonry, guys. Jabal on. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's all beside the point. But it, it was very esoteric encoding. They, they put the word on on the end of all these particles to kind of, uh, you know, elicit power to uh, the different thing. Like, uh, And they come up with some really clever ones, too, like the gluon that this is the particle that holds all the other particles together. It's the glue. Well, that makes that sense. The other That's a good word for it. Glue good name for it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it, it's So, yeah, they're, they're really clever in their naming of these things, aren't they? But, uh, yeah, this is their particle zoo. But this is the kind of stuff that they do and they put out publicly. But, uh, you know, what could we say about CERN? Um, a lot of really weird occult things go on there, don't they, Jason? Yes. By the way, before I forget, Satoshi Bear asked, uh, what is the moon? That's something we want to figure out, and that's why we're teaming up with people like Dave Marsh, why Crow's going to get back to work. Uh, I'm going to try and do some work towards that. We don't honestly know. There's lots of inconsistencies, like I always say, with so much of this stuff, and we are <coughs> going to try and figure out more and more what it may actually be. But there, there are a lot of strange things about the moon that make us think that it might not just be a great big uh, rock in the sky. Uh, by the way, Satoshi Bear, I would love to see more bears come here. I don't know what I can do to get you guys' attention, but doing a new live stream every week and we try to cover information that I know Owen is really into, I would love to uh, see more of you guys get here. Because we only have 136 people right now looking at my counter. That's great, but not a lot. And only a couple thousand people every week see them. So we just want to build this thing more and more. So if anybody has any ideas, uh, I'm open to them. I would love to get this thing really, really big. Yeah, and we could get more bears here. I have a simple way to do that. Bears, I live out in the, the sticks. In the Honey! Middle of nowhere. So uh, <laughs> I can tell you one thing. The bears out here, they absolutely love my friggin' garbage can. So I can put my <laughs> garbage can back here if that would attract some bears here. <laughs> oh, I think we could do better than that. I, I generally like the bears. <laughs> yeah. But Me seriously, too. yeah, I would like to. Uh, I, I don't know if I, Owen would even want to come on with us. Maybe that's an idea that'll get a lot of bears over here. But I like the fact that Owen has grown so much very quickly in months and that he's helping the in case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about uh, people who are fans of Owen Benjamin call themselves bears which is you know he he's his nickname or whatever he considers it a big bear which is cool so they've got their own little thing going on and I would like to see them uh, get more information because Owen is really good at throwing a bunch of stuff out there and uh, a lot of where he's getting it from is Crow Triple Seven Radio and the work that, that uh, Wayne and I do as well. So we'd love to have more of you guys here so to help you guys along as well. Yeah, that would definitely be a cool thing. So, uh, yeah, any, any way we could get... Uh, if you know anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff, guys, just spread the word that we're we're on the air here. So, uh, you know, it's it's been, you know, kind of steadily growing here the past few weeks. So... Uh, we're plugging away, trying to reach some bigger audiences and stuff like that. So it's good because we need to get this information out there. It's That's what it's all about in the end of it all, is getting the information out there for people to consider. And if they take value from it and could use it to you know make 
things better for themselves, great. And if they think it's total nonsense or whatever, you know, no harm done. At least they're coming here, they're getting entertained, right? <laughs> so uh, I would we do make jokes. People, do your do your own research. I mean, that that's the thing. Don't believe anything I have to say or anything Jason has to say. Go look for yourself. Uh, you might be shocked at what you find. That's for sure. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes we wind up softballing things just to make it more palatable to people. Uh, and, you know, the things that we do find are a lot more shocking than what we say openly. Well, about. yeah, I was just so. going to say that a lot of things, Crow included <laughs> in this, uh, that we talk about are actually a lot more serious than we let on because, as Crow would say, we don't want to blow people's minds. Like, people's heads will blow off. We don't want to do that. You know, we're trying to give you enough of what we've discovered to... <laughs> understand and take it further like everyone i always highly recommend do your own homework some bill cooper always used to say too don't believe what i say go and do your own homework totally agree bill absolutely and i think that's an important thing that all has to do with people's personal growth too and uh you know their own path and that's an important thing when you get into the uh, the study of, of things like alchemy it's a personal path uh, no, no two people come about uh, this information or these different ideas by taking the same path. It's an individual journey and it's an individual process. And everybody, you know, takes different value from different things. But I would recommend listen to what everybody has to say. Uh, learn to use discernment and yes. uh, do your own homework and mm -hmm. be able to find uh, things that support your position on things or, or, you know, if you, if there's something somebody's saying, make sure, look and see what there is out there that supports that position before you just out and out believe something. I mean, I'm, I'm not a proponent of just randomly taking everything at face value. That that's what the TV and what, you know, the, the media and, and all of that stuff wants you to do is just take everything they feed you at face value and, you know, just run with it like that and believe what they tell you. I don't want people to do that. I want you to question things. I want you to see if you can poke holes in these ideas and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if you could find value in stuff like that, that's great. So, you know, that way you can kind of discern a little better for yourself what's true, what's not true, what seems to be, you know, to hold true in your experience, uh, that kind of thing. And it's all an individual uh, kind of a journey. And it's, it, you know, an individual experience so that's that's kind of the path that that needs to happen for people it's a personal journey that each of us goes on and you know discovering these things so by the way i, I see people talking about owen i have no idea if he's some kind of shill or not <laughs> i don't think he is and i give everybody a fair shake and be cool to everyone until i have a reason not to and owen benjamin has never been anything but cool and very respectful to me i met him uh when was that november yeah november really awesome to me extremely respectful had several really good conversations i don't know where the negativity towards the guy is coming from but i think he seems like a great dude and he's just trying to do what we are all doing that's understand what the heck's going on and he came a long way in a very short amount of time and you know probably blew his mind a little bit understandably so but that's my take on it i like owen until i have a reason not to yeah, I don't see an issue with the guy. Uh, he seems genuine to me from what I've seen of him. I've watched a few of his videos and stuff now. Um, 
You know, he, he puts kind of a comedic take on things and stuff. Well, that's because he's a comedian. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> uh, I get that. You're kidding. Is that what it is? No. But uh, at any rate, yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, everybody's journey is a little different. And he seems genuine. From David what Wilcox. I see, so. <laughs> Someone just said David Wilcox. David Wilcox's a fraud. Him and his buddy, Corey. <laughs> They People are like frauds, frauds, frauds. They've been frauds since I heard them back with Art Bell. Good evening, this is Art Bell. And tonight on Coast to Coast, we have David Wilcock, who says that he is the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. Bullshit. That guy is a fraud <laughs> through and through. And why do I say that with such confidence and boisterousness in my voice? Because I've checked him out, and it is obvious. That's why. Anyway. Jason, look at his hair. His hair is great. He's got great hair. He's got great hair. So, you know, and I mean, that's got to account for something. Great big yeah, smile. He's... Anyway. And, you know, <laughs> he's in good with the sphere being alliance, so he's all good, you know. Blue chicken people. Blue chicken people, yes. It's all about the blue chicken people. So, but anyway, I digress. All right, next we have nanoparticles. Let's talk about nanoparticles, Wayne. Oh, boy. That's nanoparticles. probably the, <clears throat> That's probably one of the biggest things going on right now that people are largely unaware of. Uh, there's nanoparticulates in everything. It's in our food. It's in our water. Mm. It's in the air we breathe. It's in the, the vaccines quite heavily. Um, and I'm not just talking just regular nanoparticles or nanoparticulates uh there's actual technologies in there it's not just particles per se there's there's technologies at work that are being used against us in ways that people can't even imagine uh i mean what'd you say chemtrails yes chemtrails is Mm -hmm. you know a big producer of these things and you're breathing them in and uh they're in every one of your bodies out there right now, uh, whether you realize it or not, and whether you believe it or not. I don't expect anybody to believe that that's the case. Go look for yourself. I'm an nihilist. I believe in nothing. Yes, but uh, yes, I, I would recommend people go look up uh, nano.gov. Just look on there. I mean, that's an official government website that talks about all things nanotechnology. Dot .gov? Nano. Does that gov. mean it's a government yes. website? Yes, it is. Oh. That's that's usually what that means. It's not dot glove, it's dot gov. <laughs> so, but at, at any rate, uh, that's one particular place you could look and find all kinds of different uh, things about nanotechnologies and stuff like that. Uh, the Department of Defense and DARPA are very heavily involved with developing uh, nano devices and, and things of that nature uh one that's very provable that people could look up that they might find a little bit disturbing but it's still kind of mild compared to what's really out there is something called smart dust uh, i would recommend people look up smart dust and there's also an admitted to thing that goes along with smart dust it's kind of a take on smart dust and it's called neural dust and that's a real thing too people could look up and see that's you know maybe just a little bit disturbing but not as disturbing as the stuff that's really out there that i, I really don't want to go into too much detail about because it could take up a whole two-hour show but uh, that's beside the point if people are really interested in knowing uh a lot of what's going on with a lot of these uh nanoparticulates and, and nano devices nano machines nanobots all of that stuff uh I could highly recommend uh, it's it's available 
out there on Vimeo right now. You could watch my presentation from Shoot the Moon NYC, where I talk about that, where, you know, uh, these different things are, are going on with this nanotechnology. And uh, people might be a little shocked to hear about some of that. So it's it's something that, you know, I'll just put my toe in the water right here because we only have like 25 minutes or something left here. So we could say uh, the nanotechnology is it's a big part of uh, the overall transhumanist agenda. It's a big part of things to come. And uh, it's it's being used to manipulate you in all kinds of ways that you're unaware of right now. Uh, things like uh, a little something called optogenetics that people could look up. That's also a very provable thing that's going on. Uh, it talks about uh, what this is, optogenetics, uh, using different uh, nano devices that could attach themselves to uh, people's neurons. They could use blue light from like say computer screens or television screens or anything of that sort to uh, basically read your thoughts. And uh, that's that's one of the things that people might not realize is really going on. Do you ever think about something and then, uh, you know, an hour or two later, you're scrolling through Facebook and there's an ad for it <laughs> on, on, on there? That never happens. That's, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just telling people, you know, have you had that experience? You didn't say anything about it. You weren't talking about it. All right, so we got a a bit of uh, some of uh, Secrets of Saturn in uh, two guys that I know who are uh, really nice, and uh, Wayne McCroy, who's just talking, has written a couple books, but the alchemical tech revolution is uh, it's a really good book. Um, I've had a lot of really great conversations with these guys just through chat, and um, and one day I'd like to give them a call and. Uh, and, and talk on their show, but they're they're not taking calls yet, but uh, they will. Uh, but a lot of uh, a lot of material that I find uh, of interest, uh, these guys are also into, and uh, <clears throat> and they're well researched at it. And uh, things like optogenetics uh, are provable things, so it's uh, shocking to me uh, on some level when. Uh, when I talk to certain people who are so dismissive of, yeah, secrets of Saturn, um, when they're so dismissive of things like nanoparticles, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I get laughed out of the room a lot. And these guys, uh, they, uh, they have regular lives like you and me, and uh, they suffer the same, uh, same kind of results like I do. The people that... Um, they run into the people involved in their lives. Uh, they just don't have uh, the insight. So uh, they go on and they talk about it ad nauseum and, uh, and leave it up to the listener to, uh, to find a, at least some interest. And if they have an interest, they can go look it up. Uh, it's there. It's, uh, it's there on your government websites. Um, nanoparticles are very real and they're everywhere. And to say they aren't being blown up in the air is, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it takes, it takes someone to have their head up their butts to completely refuse to, uh, you know, look into it at least. If they're, if they're going to doubt it, then I say go and look into it because it's documented 
and uh, it's not a big secret. It's out there for these things can't be done in complete secrecy. They have to, uh, you know, our non-action is our um, approval or if you will. Uh, so, you know, it's all there. And if you don't know the information and don't look it up, then I'm sorry, but we can't have that. We can't go down that road together because you are uh, not doing, holding up your end of the bargain. So, um you know, highly recommended to uh, check these um, guys out when you can. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, you can check out Secrets of Saturn. But uh, I'll be doing more shows coming up. Thank you for dropping into the chat room. Beppy is there. Political Woodstock. Dennis Dyke was first. Sorry, everybody. There's only one first tonight. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Short sweet and uh maybe next week i'll i'll play some more secrets of saturn but uh there oh no no ads oh all right that's it good night